Good morning and welcome to Hawaii Matters, our weekly show where we bring you information on issues and happenings that matter to you. These last few weeks, it's all been about the coronavirus and the changes we've had to make in our daily lives. This morning, we present an interview we conducted this past Friday, April 24th, with Hawaii's Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. He's at the forefront of the state's battle against the disease. On the phone right now, we have Lieutenant Governor Josh Green, who is healthcare liaison for Hawaii's COVID-19 response here for his weekly update. And uh, thank you so much for making the time. You doing? Are you doing okay? I just got to ask, first of all, because this is a marathon mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. uh, and, and you've been under the gun, I'm sure, and, and working right at the same time. Yeah, this is what I do. So uh, I'm good. I'm on call this weekend. So I'll take a nap this afternoon or late afternoon to pile on two extra hours and then it's go time. Good heavens. For, for our listeners who might not be uh, familiar, Josh Green is also a, a doctor, an ER doctor. Mm-hmm. So thank mm-hmm. you for continuing to do that. Um, I guess we'll kick it off by asking, uh, you want to give us an update on what is the latest in the Hawaii's COVID-19 response? Yes. So we're here getting towards the end of the month, the 24th, right? So we are one week out from the end of April. And I think it's safe to say now that we have flattened the curve. We'll knock wood just so we don't see a big spike. But we had 650 new tests in yesterday. That took us to 26,640, yet our numbers remain flat. We only had four new cases. So we're at 596, five days in a row with single-digit uh, single digit cases, no no fatalities in the last 72 hours. And it, it's, it's a very good thing that the people have done. Mm. I want to commend everybody. They took this to heart, and the economy has been beaten up very badly though it's beaten up everywhere across the country there was not going to be any economic activity of consequence no matter what we did but to tell you the truth you guys pulled it off you flattened the curve and that will mean that in may and i hope to give you a lot clearer signals than you sometimes get elsewhere in may we will be able to begin to sensibly relax some of the social uh you know the lockdowns the social distancing concerns which is still socially distanced. We stay six feet apart from strangers or from others that could be sick, still wear masks. But I have high hopes that we'll be able to get out more for exercise, that we will begin to have plans being put into place so we can put tape on the floor of our restaurants and know where we're going to be able to sit and eventually get our own state back in order so that when the time comes, whenever that is, to bring tourists back safely, We'll be ready. Is there a whole bunch of you that just sit in a room and work all this stuff out? It, it, it is like that, right? So, um, for instance, at 8 o'clock this morning, we have the economic... Uh, well, you don't sit in a room together because it's all Zoom. No, well, I mean, yeah, sorry, right? sorry. Or Virtually sit in a yeah. room together, yeah. Right. Sometimes a couple people, three or four people will sit, you know, at distant parts of a room. And then we have several different structures that are very relevant, although there's a lot of people obviously working very hard to make this get this right there's the the governor's economic team and that team led by uh, alan oshima mm-hmm. with lots of the top business people from the state are you know strategizing how to bring business back and how to open things up safely there's of course the gigantic effort of the general general har has been doing a, a super commendable job that has 16 separate subcommittees sub teams i should Whoa. say they're not really committee oh. work and they all work out of uh, hyema and that is the way each one, like one is tourism, one is work, uh, one is labor, one is health. I'm obviously one of the lead people with the health team and so on and so forth, transportation. Each of them give 
you know, their their work 24-7 to this. And then we meet at 9 o'clock for that every day, and we update all, all of each other. And then at 11 o'clock, all of the state leadership comes together, and they also have the ability to coordinate any activities or something that might have happened on Kauai versus Big Island versus Oahu. So it's very well organized and streamlined now. And in each of those groups, the best recommendations that can be made uh, through consensus come together. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, we listen, or I certainly listen, all day long to what the tea leaves are saying, what people are saying, where their frustrations are, where their, where their dangers are, where their fears are. And, you know, I incorporate that very heavily into the plan, which is why, for instance, I think you have to make concessions. You've got to do it safely. But to restore the beaches, for example, gives people hope without adding almost any risk at all, mm-hmm. as opposed to another month of lockdown, which may be necessary from the standpoint of not having a secondary explosion of the virus, but you still have to give people some outlet. Otherwise, you have other problems. Uh, and then there's other big pieces of the plan that you know that you can imagine. Like, for instance, we will open up uh, now, essentially, elective procedures to get people back on track for their health needs. Things like that that people don't spend a lot of time thinking about have to be dealt with sooner rather than later. So there are priorities. Yeah, yeah. Can you help kind of clear up what is happening in terms of who determines ultimately when Honolulu does what? Because Mayor Caldwell extended the home, uh, stay-at-home, work-from-home order for Honolulu until the end of May, but there's not a statewide um, order from Governor Ige on that. And so I think some people are a little confused. Can you help kind of clear that up? I can. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be very candid with you here in a second. Mm-hmm. but um, you, That's what we call it. That's, that's what we love having you on, because you just go. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the Gov is going to make some comments today and, and clarify his position heading toward the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not today, Monday. I, I believe that that's what he'll do. And I think the writing is on the wall that, that most business is going to stay in... Uh, you know, kind of in hibernation through the end of May, most, although small things will start to open. But maybe candid. The mayor is far outstepping what he should be doing. He should be deferring to the governor and listening to the governor for the statewide approach. And, of course, he's an essential piece of the of the leadership, one of the biggest pieces of the leadership, weighing in on what the people of, of Honolulu and, well, all of Oahu what their preference is, what their needs are, what their level of safety is, and so on. But the mayor does not have the apparatus of the Department of Health, which is why we had that huge debacle mm-hmm. with him trying to order $2 million tests, $2 million yeah. worth of tests without getting full buy-in from the Department of Health. That was a fiasco. And that's just showboating. I mean, it's not, it's not that he doesn't care about people. I'm sure he does. But it's that that is not the way it's set up. So... excuse me, the mayors need to be, of course, responsible for all the things that they are actually responsible for, for police, for roads. Um, But they don't run the healthcare system, and healthcare is at the center of this. Mm. They may have businesses in their jurisdiction, but those businesses are in the state of Hawaii. They are not exclusive to the counties. So it would be a much better process if on those broader uh, concerns that it be left up to, to the governor and the the entire state. Mm -hmm. And that's the point of having committees where people work together. I mean, we're all together a lot. So when I see someone do that for two hours on a press conference, you know what it is. It's just, uh, (laughs) you know, it's grandstanding. So 
What can you do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, 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 vagueness about how you feel about that, I think. <laughs> but, okay, so, so given all of that, and, and we understand what you're saying about the, the political back and forth on that, as a, from, a, from a healthcare standpoint, though, do you think the state as a whole should stay at home until the end of May? Because, you know, again, that order is for Honolulu right now. Do you think generally as a whole we can expect that Governor Ige will be saying for the entire state stay home till the end of May? It is a little difficult because I don't know exactly what the Gov wants to do. I think that I can tell you what I've advised, Mm -hmm. which is to, um, to very gradually and very safely relax some of the restrictions i think that there are smart restrictions like i i will definitely give uh the mayor and governor a lot of credit for speaking up on masks and keeping masks in the dialogue and having people wear those when they're in clustered places but i do think it is necessary to relax some of the restrictions like it's good to relax exercise at the park it is good to relax uh some time at the beach and that had to be clarified if people are in family units and we let them go to the beach, it's going to be safe. And I think that that is the kind of thing that the governor can relax. I will tell you this. We're being mindful because you have to always balance this against the possibility that people do go a little overboard. That's why we've been very frustrated that little trickle of tourists still comes in and they mm-hmm. want the mm-hmm. rules. We do have to find the heck out of them or even arrest them if they behave outside of what's safe for all of us. But I think he can relax. And if, if I had my way, and I, you know, I, I press like a, um, a typical loudmouth LG does, <laughs> I will press for, you know, some relaxation on May 1st of all outdoor activities, provide people socially distanced safely. I will also press very hard for uh, once we see the viral load go down to essentially zero. And every day that we have more people recovered and fewer cases that are active, that tells us there's less virus out there for us to spread. That's the time that we will be able to safely uh, travel inner island. It's good news because we've had no, we've not had a surge for several days uh, in any one municipality over mm-hmm. another. So we don't have to worry about distinguishing between neighbor islands. That will give us a chance to get our airlines going again and get the processes going again properly at the airports. And then my hope is is that we can restore most business, most business by on June 1st, especially as long as people are able to socially distance to some degree. There may be some disciplines that are more difficult than others. For instance, people ask me about like massage and physical therapy, very, very essential parts of our society. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that special massage. I'm talking about like regular <laughs> massage, okay? So, so, we're clear. so, you know, so glad we, yeah, yeah we clarified yeah. that. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but that is a direct contact uh, I was going to say sport but I mean modality of care okay sure and so those kind of things could be you know they could be slightly higher risk so there are there are other things there's like kayaking right very excellent sport I love that business but we will have to make sure I think that people who kayak they will be kayaking from the same family so that it's the same kind of exposure rather than mixing i don't think we do much of this but mixing people into small boats and so on there where there's pro- close proximity we'll probably have to be more mindful about those kind of things mm-hmm. just nuances mm-hmm. but we want to restore business and i hope and expect that we will begin to restore the local economy fairly fully in june as long as it's done safely i i can't speak for the gov directly but i can say that that is 
what a lot of us are suggesting. Mm -hmm. And then the big question is, how do you reinsert travel to Hawaii into our economy? And I have strong opinions about that, too. But that's going to require a much larger process and agreement. You know, that's where we are going to have to decide what our threshold of risk is. Yeah, and that will yeah. mean, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. I, you've heard what I've recommended, which is that anybody who comes to Hawaii get a test within 72 hours of their travel. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And if you do that, you know, it'll it'll decrease our viral load significantly. It won't be, nothing's 100% anymore, but it will help us. You're listening to Hawaii Matters and an interview we conducted with Hawaii Lieutenant Governor Josh Green just this past Friday. He's got the latest on where Hawaii stands against COVID-19. Lieutenant Governor, I just had a couple quick questions. Um, To what do you uh, attribute our ability to get this thing down quicker or quickly? I mean, we, you know, we easily could have become New York, but we didn't uh, or or one of the other rural areas. And, And we just were really, I don't know if it was a luck thing or if it was because we locked down things quicker or, you know, kind of a combination of things. It's it's a it's a true combination. I actually have a chronology of of matters, and what really the real story is, and we can tell the story in longer terms over time. But the, there were a couple big events, uh, in my opinion, and I'm fairly certain of these. One was when we called to to stop and get rid of the cruise ships for a time. That set the standard, the beginning of the standard. Though it was a moment where people were prickly. But it set the standard that we were going to curtail travel to Hawaii in short order. And then when we called for the, the um, suspension of non-essential travel on March 19th, followed by the Gov's order, it, it really had the effect of, number one, making the best use of our ocean buffer against infection. As you knew at the time, most of our cases were travel-related. Almost like 90% of them mm-hmm. were all travel-connected. Uh, so that, that augmented... Our, our capacity so it was a very bold order unheard of and the gov did a good job with that so getting that order into place put us into a position where we could not have to worry about that variable of spread and then we were able to the next thing that had to happen was testing had to get sorted out we were testing too little the the department of health only has very limited capacity to test 250 tests a week but we were able to engage all of the hospitals in the private sector and even some guys who are, you know, kind of Wild West types. But they did a good job getting tests out there. And that got us to the point where instead of having probably 250 a week times five weeks, which would have been at the most, and we were only doing like 20 or 30 out of those a week out of our capacity, we would have been somewhere between 200 and 400 tests total. And we would have had deep trouble because we could have never gotten to the place where we closed things down properly. Mm. Instead, we raised our up to over 25,000 tests, and that gave us a much better picture of where things were. And we started contact testing in addition to the very hard work that the Department of Health was doing on top contact tracing, not to be confused. Contact tracing is talking to people and finding out, okay, you're, you're positive. Who are the 15, 20 people that you might have, you know, made out with, hugged, kissed? you know, held hands, whatever with. Mm -hmm. And then you test the ones that are high risk. And by doing that, we were able to not just have our stay-at-home order, which is in place, was in place by then, but we could also really isolate people and make sure that those individuals didn't go out spreading it. So those, those were the main actions. Everything else is helpful, you know, like 
having a little curfew, not so bad on Oahu. The Kauai mayor just killing it by making sure that we really lock down over there. That's why he's had many days without cases. Uh, augmenting different solutions. The Maui mayor was able to step in and get extra testing when they had their cluster in Maui. Same thing over at McDonald's when uh, Big Island had its crisis. So all of those things contributed to flattening the curve. But we ran some great risk along the way. Had we not been testing, the, the Maui situation would have become an explosion of thousands and then fatalities. And then had the Big Island uh, McDonald's situation gotten out of control, mm -hmm. again, thousands of cases and a lot of fatalities because they don't have as much health care on Big Island. Right. So, yes. Right, right, that's right. The, that's the real story, and that's why the curve is super flat right now. That's great. Okay. Now, that, uh, the, the second thing is, um, going forward, do you see us having a, a crew that's going to be doing the contact tracing, continuing to do that? You know, I mean, is there is there an idea that there's going to be a team that's going to do that? Because I know in Taiwan they have something like that. Yes. So uh, General Hara has recommended that, and we have the proposal in place, and it will be done in partnership with the Department of Health. If we have to use uh, military assets, we will do it. But the goal is to have an absolutely seamless, it, think of it as a uh, SWAT team. Anytime we have a fire, it's, some, it's a cross between a SWAT team and a fire rescue team. <laughs> and we want to be able to swing in, do great t uh, tracing the way the Department of Health can do it with lots of extra staff and volunteers and test people immediately and overnight. There's good news coming, which is we can test better and better. Now the, now the same-day tests are much more available, effective either this morning or at the latest Monday. We will be able to do the blood draw antibody test widely, oh, thousands wow. and thousands of cases. That's big news. I mean, that's a very, very good addition to what we've got. And that is the reliable FDA-approved test that clinical labs <laughs> that, that, <can> do. <laughs> that's um, and, that's the key part yes we've been hearing about fda approval of tests quite a lot lately <laughs> so you said antibody like the quick turnaround antibody tests will be available here in hawaii and on uh, how widely yeah. massively widely because what happened was we finally got the authority to do them out of the out of um clinical labs so but yes they they've been testing the last two days to make sure their equipment is all up and um you know, uh, calibrated, and and if not today, the latest Monday. And I'll even I'll text them while we're on the radio and see if it's ready. Okay. But that will mean that healthcare providers across the state can check um, the antibody test and see if people have IgM, the the immunoglobulin M fragment, and that tells you whether or not you've already had it and you've developed antibodies and are essentially immune. But that means you will be able to see whether you've had it mm -hmm. and. They did this in New York, and they found that 13.3% of their population yeah. actually is positive. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess that our numbers will be significantly lower than that, but not nothing. And they're, not, they're going to be higher than our 596 cases. I can tell you that for sure. Can you help our listeners understand why, like who will be needing to take the antibody test, how fast that turns around, and why it's important for us to know who has already been exposed to it? Well, it's a, it's a really serious um, weapon in one's arsenal to fight this virus because imagine for a second a uh, fire station went through uh, a situation where they had one case and they've got 45 total workers there and they spend a lot of time cooking chili together and then going and saving lives and then going back and resting and then saving lives and they're together all day long. Well, those guys are awesome, but they may have the challenge that a bunch of them had 
had contracted the infection, COVID-19, and been walking around as asymptomatic carriers. So to get the idea that they are now immune, number one, it's good to know just in general for one's own health and Mm -hmm. peace of mind. And two, it's very good because you begin to develop a workforce that has immunity. And so you don't have to worry so much about them as to whatever their jobs are. And they have the certainty of not I'm not being able to spread it. Mm-hmm. So there is still a lot of science to do. You know, there is this discussion about how long immunity lasts for coronavirus and how um, how some people may have had a secondary, although lesser significant infection. So these are all real, real issues, but it's a huge benefit. And also what I'm going to recommend, I probably shouldn't just do this stuff on the radio first. This is not a controversial <laughs> one, though, is. I'm going to recommend that we do what Iceland did, which is get a baseline of 10% of our population tested. Mm -hmm. And that will give us a lot more knowledge about age uh, classifications, the rate of disease among our kupuna, our our younger men and women, our teachers, and so on and so forth. This is great data for our our epidemiologists and Department of Health to uh, use and assess. Do we... I'll be mm-hmm. in conversations like that, and the, the tests are not that expensive. They're 55 bucks, and I think insurance, I mean, I know insurance will ultimately cover this stuff. So these are really good things that are happening. Some of them are a little bit wonkish, perhaps, but, you know, that's what you get when you elect an LG that's a dot. The antibody tests are already on island. How many do we have? A, a huge supply of them. They can run, they can run them in bunches of a thousand. And so you have to get your blood drawn, though, and so a doctor will have to order it. So there still has to be reason unless we do a study and an assessment of, you know, where we are as mm-hmm. a community. And I think that that's going to be very valuable epidemiologically. I wanted to go back to something intriguing that you said earlier. You were saying if it, you know, if it were up to you and you could push for this, that you would be pushing for restoring most business here in Hawaii June 1st. Restoring most business by that time is something different from opening the state to tourists. We're talking about two yeah. different things here, right? Let me actually be a little bit more specific. Okay. Uh, restoring most business beginning, I should say. Beginning okay. is what I mean to express. So that as we put the plans together through May, different pieces of business can open up appropriately and safely. And maybe some even sooner, depending on how how much proper preparation is done. What would that look so like? Beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it would look like people starting to go to work wearing masks. And it would look like only okay, it would only be okay, knowing that our virus in the state is utterly low, if not non-existent, like in, like in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So we're getting there very quickly. We probably only have documented about 100 people left that are actively infectious in any way, if the numbers are correct. It may be it's higher, of course, because there have got to be some people that we don't ever test and they are, are quarantining at home. But they're doing a good job because we're not seeing a spike in the hospitals at all. And we're not seeing a spike at, the, at doctor's offices or calls at all. So it's going well. Mm-hmm. Now, that is to be distinguished, you know, getting getting businesses going again. And I think we have no choice but to get businesses going if there is a safety space. We have to get some of the economy going. We cannot have unemployment approaching 40 percent. It's not, not mm-hmm. survivable. Uh, but then that is separate from letting tourism reopen, which is to say having people fly here. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a very large pent-up desire to fly from New York, from Chicago, from <laughs> L.A., where they've had a lot of cases. 
And that's why, because of that pent-up desire, without a known status of somebody, it would be too risky. And that's why I'll be pressing very carefully that people get a test within three days before their travel that is negative. If they do that, then, yes, it is a small possibility that somebody could be a false negative and that they have virus that didn't get detected. But that also means that they are very, very minimally infected. Mm. And so that is why I'm coming to that conclusion, that that is likely our best bet. We also may make restrictions on certain regions where it's still very high. Although that's a lot clunkier. I think we got to keep this simple. If we, go, if we get too crazy complicated, I think we are all aware that we will mess it up in Hawaii. You're listening to Hawaii Matters and an interview we conducted with Hawaii Lieutenant Governor Josh Green just this past Friday. He's got the latest on where Hawaii stands against COVID-19. Continuing on the phone with us, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. Sir, thank you for staying with us because it's always (laughs) fascinating. Yes, educational to to talk. Sorry with you. Several times over the past couple of days, I have heard national reports of some companies claiming that they'll have a vaccine by this late summer or fall. Is that even possible or safe? There are several companies across the country that are finishing up phase one, the phase one part of the trial. That's the most uh, basic, just does this thing have any severe immediate side effects that can't be used at all. Phase two almost never can be done in less than nine months, but these are extraordinary times and they're going to try to race things forward. If it demonstrates very, very good results over three to four months, I think we will start hearing that some of these companies will get emergency consideration. Mm-hmm. Now, anything before, I don't see any way on earth this happens before October 1st, The reality is, the reality is, it's unlikely before spring. Would you take take a vaccine that that came out that early in October? You want to know what I, for real, for me? Yeah. I actually would. Hmm. Yeah, because I'm I'm, I'm quite, um, for the most part, healthy. (laughs) Uh and And I'm already probably getting exposed to antibodies very frequently when I do my shift. So... Mm. I may have some natural immunity anyway as a healthcare provider, and as long as it's got it's put in safety, you know, pretty good safety uh, standards, I would be willing personally. I, I'm just speaking for me as a as a doc, I, but I wouldn't recommend it widely though, unless we unless I saw the um, full characterization of safety and that it was already being effective. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to give people any kind of false bravado that they were now totally safe. I would really want to see some good results. That's why it takes time. I mean, you need to actually see some time pass that people didn't catch the virus uh, when they're exposed. That's Mm -hmm. the proof of a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Right now, just a bunch of mice have been safe. Okay. So (laughs) we don't have a lot to go on. (laughs) Righto. Okay. Thank you for making that clear. Um, Lieutenant Governor, I know we have you only for a limited uh, amount of time. Um, Anything else you want to add for now? Well, I would just add that people are doing a great job. We still are just uh, beating this virus down. You've got six days to go to the end of April, and then uh, that will mark a very significant achievement and essentially an end of phase one as we begin to reopen the economy and and change some of our standards for being outside together and so on. We are only using 13% of our ventilators right now, which means you are safe to get healthcare if you need it. And hopefully I'll be able to continue to report good decisions by people and that the curve remains super flat and we don't have any other, um, you know, 
clusters that we have to worry about. But stay tuned. I will always speak as candidly as I can. You know, I've been kind of holding back today, so you know. <laughs> no kidding, really. Oh my! <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you, thank you, Lieutenant Governor. In the meantime, uh, just to clarify again, uh, the last thing. So regarding the stay-at-home order, you're saying that the governor will have an update for us either probably today or on Monday. Well, he definitely is going to give a full clarification well before May first. He he needs to do that for all of us, and and mm-hmm. and he's very thoughtful about that. He gets it. I'm sure that there's some frustration when, um, you know, a mayor goes off and changes the tune and it does it kind of out of turn. So, but he'll make some clarifications there. And look, if I may, if people want to get more information from me, do some of our social media. I guess I'm doing this announcement pretty much every day at noon. I think our thing is at LTGovJoshGreen, at LTGovJoshGreen, or... Um, do our Facebook, you know, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. If you do those things, I will get people information in real time as much as possible. And I'm calling people back, you know, if they call me on cell or whatever. So just don't worry. Text me if you've got an emergency. It's my cell. It's 937-0991. 937-0991. I have been able to intervene in some cases to get people some health care if they were in crisis and get tests when needed. But mainly, stay at home for the next six days. Be safe. And we will all encourage the Gov to, um, to continue to give a broader update than any one region can. And that's important for us in, in Hawaii, I think. Okay, okay. And, and just know, by the way, if you, if you happen to go to the ER this weekend, you, you might see the Lieutenant Governor. So <laughs> just tell him thank you. Yes. Okay. I'll be ready, no problem. We Don't appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again next week. Awesome. Take care. Have a good weekend. Thanks to Lieutenant Governor Josh Green for the coronavirus update. And thanks to you for listening to Hawaii Matters. We'll see you again next week.